0: Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Lori Berzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing professionals and experts from various fields, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love, first and foremost, with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Let's get started. Welcome, Dawn, to the Love on the Go podcast. Dawn um, masler Biggie MS is an adjunct biology professor, writer, and researcher on the science of love. She's a TEDx speaker on how your brain falls in love with 5.8 million views. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the author of the book, Men Chase, Women Choose, The Neuroscience of Meeting, Dating, Losing Your Mind, and Finding True Love, which came out in, in October of 2016. And you and I met in 2015. And yes. you've been featured in various national magazines and newspapers and NPR. Welcome, Dawn. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm I'm so excited about this conversation. And I want to talk about how your brain falls in love and the different stages of love and advice on what you can give women, especially on the anxiety that that is so rampant when you do fall in love and you're in a relationship. Cause this whole season of Love on the Go is going to be all about emotional intimacy and keeping your stress level down and being able to keep your eyes wide open and excited about love and everything that comes along with relationships. So how did you get into this? It sounds like you have an interesting backstory on how you started to kind of, you know, discover the biology of love.
1: Well, I've been a biologist for 20 years, um, but I was, I struggled with relationships and I was picking the wrong men and I did some work on myself. And eventually that led into the book, uh, The Broken Picker Fixer. And I okay. ended up writing a book on that. And then I really wanted to understand love. And The the Broken Picker Fixer was kind of like a, it wasn't really based on science. It was just kind of like, you know, what I did and in some of the stuff that I a little bit of science, but not a lot. So I really wanted to dig into it. I'm like, what is this love really all about? It's mm-hmm. got it. There's got to be a science base to it. And I've never read any books on it. You know, they're, they're mostly about people's experiences. And, yes. And, you know, there's a lot of comedians that write books. I'm like, why are they writing books on love? I don't get it. But <laughs> right. You know, like Steve Harvey and, you know, he's not into you. Those are all like comedians. I'm like, all right, there's got to be some more science. So I started digging and I spent five years researching uh, the science of love going through, you know, I I worked at a university, so I had access to limitless journals and, you know, the neuroscience magazines. And I just started Mm -hmm. digging into it and was like, wait a minute. And I realized that love was actually in phases and no one's ever talked about this. They just one thing. So that's where that book came from, is that I really wanted people to understand what love was.
0: I love that. So how does your brain fall in love?
1: Okay, well that's what the whole TED talk is about. Is yes. it? Yes. How your brain falls in love. And it to in a nutshell, it with women it's uh, um oxytocin and with men it's vasopressin and they're basically similar neurotransmitters, but with women it it's with hugging, kissing, loving and in sex makes them fall in love or easier. And then men it's being sexually sat- interested, but not getting it. As Soon as he's satiated, it changes the vasopressin level. So he needs to stay in the chase mode for a while in order for him to fall in love. And then we have like a, I call it an enzymatic effect. The, the neurotransmitters build up
0: and then whoosh, we see this falling in love phase and we see all kinds of chaos that happens in your brain. Okay, so let me get this straight. What I think I just heard you say is that men need to stay in this chase mode for a little while before they actually fall in love Mm -hmm. and if they have sex too soon it sort of stops the chase and then the in love phase may not even happen correct oh interesting so if a woman has sex with a man on, and we're talking right now about heterosexual relationships and we'll get to homosexual in a a little while as well. If a woman has sex with a man on their first date or third date or within the first, I don't know, two, three weeks, does that mean there's a a lower likelihood of a man falling in love with her? It could be.
1: So there's also effect with, um, if he thinks she's in his league. So the more out of his league, the more likely he's, he is to
0: fall in love. But if they're at equal levels, the sooner the sex, it could derail it. So interesting, because I always say to my clients, don't have sex too soon until, you know, there's monogamy, until there's some kind of commitment, until exactly. you really know they're really into you. And generally speaking, that takes, you know, three months or so.
1: Correct. Well, the in the TED Talk, I talk about this, is that when... A man's testosterone drops. We know he's falling in love. And how does a man's testosterone drop? It drops with commitment. When he says, "I want to be exclusive," we start. We see that drop. I can actually take a a sample of a man's saliva and tell you if he's in a committed relationship or not.
0: Are you kidding me? No, I know. I kid you not. Is this is there like a home test that women can do on this? <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I actually was, I was doing that for a little while I had a, I started a YouTube channel. And the funny thing is, most people don't want to take the test. Most people want to want it serendipitous, and you have to actually have them spit in the tube. (laughs) (laughs)
0: you can't just like collect it off his tooth the toothbrush the next morning exactly (laughs) he's in love with me if he's Uh, cooling in his sleep maybe you can do it exactly so what you're saying is it's best to take it slow in the beginning
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: kind of wait for the feelings to come through and then how does a woman's anxiety play in with all of this
1: well, no, as she's starting to fall in love, it's, it's mm-hmm. kind of wild is that her brain starts messing with her mm-hmm. and it, she starts feeling this anxiety. It's her amygdala is going off. And that's because a relationship is risky and mm-hmm. particularly for a woman. So when the interesting thing is what we found is that once you have sex, the amygdala shuts down. Okay. So oftentimes women will rush into a sexual relationship just to get that calming effect. And, but then it it derails the commitment part. So you end up in this like vicious cycle. And I was in that one. I was in that was like, I have sex too soon. I'm not, you know, and I'm picking, the. I keep thinking I'm picking the wrong person, but I'm actually the one who's creating this cycle in my life.
0: Okay. And for those people that not everybody knows what the amygdala is. So can you explain that a little bit?
1: Oh, I should have brought I should have had my graphic. So <laughs> there's a part of your brain. It's kind of like a walnut in your inside your brain. It's called the amygdala. And basically what it does is it sounds the alarm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when you're when you have any type of fear, somebody you know, somebody walks in the room with a gun, your amygdala gets active. And when you're starting to like someone and fall in love, your amygdala is active because it's saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. But once you fall in love, and that's oftentimes can happen once you have sex, because the oxytocin level causes you to fall in love, your amygdala shuts down. Okay. Goes silent. And so here's the thing. Well, when you fall in love, that's another phase that lasts for about two years. Your amygdala is silent. So even if you notice something wrong with the guy later, you Mm -hmm. don't register it.
0: Okay. So give us an example of what that looks like.
1: Okay, so I meet this guy. He's really handsome, right? Mm-hmm. I have sex with him. I
0: mm-hmm. fall
1: in love. I find out later he's he's a felon and he's mm-hmm. wanted by the law, but it doesn't really bother me because I'm already in love. So I end up hiding him, or I'm like that lady that j- breaks him out of jail up in up upstate New York, right? Mm-hmm. Because my amygdala that should be sounding the alarm that there's a problem here doesn't. Now that's an extreme example, but let's say another one we find out he's still technically married. We mm-hmm. can take on in the relationship because now we have these feelings for him. Okay, okay.
0: And the amygdala shuts down or turns off upon sex or does it just- When we when, fall in love. When you fall in love. And right. a woman falls in love when? She can often fall in love when she builds up oxytocin, mm-hmm. which
1: is kissing, hugging, loving and- uh you build up oxytocin when you learn to trust somebody, so mm-hmm. that's a normal phase, right? Mm-hmm. But you get a huge dose on an orgasm. So okay. if he's if he's good in bed, you're more likely to fall in love.
0: <laughs> and if he's not good in bed, you're probably on to the next. <laughs> the in love is happening. <laughs> you're safe. Exactly. <laughs> Find a bad lover, and your amygdala will be intact. <laughs> okay. Um, Got it. So if a man's testosterone lowers when he falls in love, how does that show up in terms of the way he behaves? And what does that look like? Because a lot of times, you know, people equate masculinity and alpha with testosterone.
1: Yeah. And it is. So Mm -hmm. there is an actual, almost visible effect. So we, we call um, because with the testosterone, you do get the more the more muscle mass, the more chiseled body. Um, with the commitment, he, he ends up getting a little bit softer. He, we, we split with like the dad bod, that kind of guy, you know. Uh-huh. He, now he's in a relationship, he's committed. If the Here's the thing. If if you're in a committed relationship and the woman has a child, particularly if she has a baby girl, testosterone is even lower. So now serious dad bod. <laughs> How funny. But he it, we call that, we call it when a man commits right settling down so we do see a settling down of the testosterone of his behavior he's he's uh he's more calmer he's not more he's not want to go out as much you know mm-hmm. he's more likely to stay at home he, he settles down
0: yeah what about men that take extra testosterone when they're married So
1: what happens is the testosterone drops so low, the poor guy's struggling. So he's like boosting it up, but usually he's not going to boost it up all the way up to like, you know, maximum effect. Mm -hmm. Um, So your, your heat, when he's usually boosting it up, it still is below oftentimes the commitment level.
0: What advice would you give a woman to kind of help her stay focused during the process of falling in love? Where okay. her anxiety doesn't go crazy and she can kind of stay calm and clear headed.
1: Well, the so the most important thing to know is that it's going you're going to be a feel a little crazy. So mm-hmm. go ahead and accept that and don't try to derail it by okay. rushing into a relationship. What one of the cool things that we found, which was interesting, was that meditation actually helps shrink the mass of the amygdala and mm-hmm. thereby Dulling the the alarm, to so to speak, it's not as it's not as uh loud and alarming because it's it's slowing it's, you know, decreasing the uh, effect by decreasing the mass. So meditation, taking care of yourself, realize that this is going to happen. Don't put yourself in an awkward situation where like you end up going to his house and then you've got to you feel the pressure. You know what I mean. that type of thing. You just realize that it's going to happen and then take your time and commit to yourself because you're the most important. You want to have, as soon as he commits to a relationship, is you're free to go, but wait for that commitment. Perfect. You have-
0: He's got to ask, by the way, you can't ask for him. He's the one that needs to ask for the commitment. So you can
1: state what you believe. So as the mm-hmm. female, you're the prize, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be, I don't want to sleep with anyone until I'm in a committed relationship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: State your, you state what you mean. Now he's got to ask, will you be in a committed relationship with me?
0: You don't ask him. Because what happens when you do? Well,
1: what we know that when he asks, the testosterone drops. Okay. But we're not sure if it actually does the same thing if you ask. He says so he, he, he may say yes, but he's not really, not 100%. He he may just be saying yes because he wants to have sex.
0: Mm, okay. That makes sense. I understood. Um, so let's take a scenario. I have a client who went on eight dates with um a guy that she met online mm-hmm. and we had big conversations ahead about not having sex before monogamy, and she was completely in and agrees. So they kept going on these dates. She never had the exclusive exclusivity conversation with him until recently. And when she did, she was kind of like, you know, let's just talk about this. You know, are we dating other people? Like she wanted to kind of get down to it a little bit because, you know, she, she didn't want to put all her eggs in one basket, but at the, you know, it was kind of blocking her still from wanting to date other people because she was so excited about him. Mm -hmm. So having the conversation, not about necessarily being Um, boyfriend girlfriend but being able to say can we give this a shot is that okay to do or are you saying that the woman should never bring it up she just has to just hold on to her emotions not ever talk about how she's feeling about the relationship until he brings it up
1: so there's the challenge um you want to get him to I, you know, I did coaching for a long time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I found is that once a woman likes somebody, right. she stops dating everybody else
0: mm-hmm.
1: prematurely. Yes. And my and my thing is keep dating other people. Yes. You got to keep dating other people. Yep. And when she does that, it, it puts undue pressure on the relationship. Mm-hmm. So when the guy can actually feel that,
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And you it, it it doesn't do well with him wanting to commit. he, yeah. he it basically stops the chase, yeah, so I'd call that um uh, the possum effect. if you can imagine a uh, wolf running after a possum, right? And the mm-hmm. possum like sees the wolf, starts running away and then stops and plays dead. Mm-hmm. What does the wolf do? He walks up to the possum, sniffs and walks away. Why mm-hmm. does he eat the possum? Because it seemed too good to be true, right? There's a little part of his brain going, something's wrong here. I'm gonna back out. Mm. So when a woman does that, she's basically going possum, like take me, I'm here. And his, there's a little part of his brain, and this is all primitive. This is not conscious. This is this is just uh, instinctual parts of our our primitive brain that are going right. off. And he stops and he's like, wait a minute, if she's a prize, this shouldn't be that it shouldn't be this way. And he'll start backing off.
0: Doesn't it kind of feel a little bit like a game?
1: Well, it. I know I don't like that part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to tell you the science. Okay.
0: <laughs> so basically what you would suggest is don't have the conversation at all and just hold out and wait for the guy to bring it up.
1: No, you can have the conversation, but you need to, you state what you want. Right. Because okay. you, you're the, pri- you're the prize, right? Exactly. You're, you're the one who's to be won over. Yes. I would like to be in a relationship. I would like to be married. I would like to be in a committed relationship prior to marriage. Yep. Marriage is my long-term goal. Right. That's why I'm here. Yeah. If you're, yeah. if you're not interested in it, that's fine. I'd like to know now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, because I'm going to go down the street.
0: Yeah. Well, that's okay. Good. That's exactly what we talked about. That's what she did. And he said, yes, I want to be exclusive with you. And I'm not interested in dating anyone else.
1: Yes. I mean, and, and that's the way, that's the way to kind of have it. Yeah. The, the question then rather than mm-hmm. to try to like, sometimes you get women to try to manipulate it and it's like, or, or they, or they have that sense of desperation. Like, what are we doing here? You right. Know, the guy's like, uh, I was just having a good time.
0: Right. <laughs> Or how do you feel about me? Exactly. You don't want to do that. <laughs> Where do you see us in five years? And <laughs> now we're on an interview. <laughs> exactly. Okay, good. You talk about it in the book the actions that you take at the beginning of the relationship can either cause the other person to leave or fall in love with you. Aside from sex too soon, is there anything else that you can be doing to create that love?
1: Well, any type of actually dishonesty manipulation all those things come into play because mm-hmm. again we're thinking on a subconscious level so instinctually what's happening in the beginning of dating your dating is all on a subconscious level and 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 what you're attracted to you're attracted with your senses like your smell comes into play um so a woman is trying to build up she's building up oxytocin through honesty through trusting so if you do something that's not completely honest and she fi- she senses it That's can de- derail the whole thing it's mm-hmm. going to make it really difficult and the same with a woman but a, a woman a lot of times with um a sense of desperation will will make the guy kind of back off because again she's the prize so why would she be making it so eat you know what's wrong here mm. there should be there should be thousands of guys wanting her
0: so are you in the camp of not making it so easy for a guy to make plans with a woman, like the, if you don't ask me by Wednesday night for the weekend, you're out of luck, like kind of, and I know that's a little bit of a game too, but are you kind of in that mindset? Well, I don't like, I don't necessarily
1: like the rules as much. And I read the book um, Mm -hmm. and actually, you know, I, um, I talked to Ellen and but I don't, um, I don't necessarily like the rules so much, just mm-hmm. because it's not really like your true, authentic self. I I, I agree that you need exactly. to under, like you need to understand the science. So I'll give you an example. I got a phone call from this guy that I was dating, and I was he called, it was on a, on a Wednesday or something, and he said, uh, let's meet, and I'm thinking for Friday. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. We can meet on Friday, and he goes. What are you doing tonight? I'm like tonight. This is not, you know, my head's going. You're not, you no, 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 This is not right, you know. You're, mm-hmm. and he's. I'm like, unfortunately, I was teaching a class, so I'm like, oh, I'm a t- I'm a teaching class at the college, and he says, oh, okay, the college is right but near me. Do you want to meet afterwards? And I go like, no. But then there was a part of me that went, all right, I'm gonna take a risk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna take the risk, but I was fully within myself. Mm-hmm. I knew I was taking the risk. I knew right. it wasn't part of the rules, but I was comfortable with myself. And I said, okay, let's meet. We went out for sushi after my class. It was, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Today, he's my husband. <laughs> so, nice. <laughs> I love that. So I don't. again, it's like the rules are the rules, but in that particular situation, I was like ready to throw it out the window because I had, I had a connection with them that I wanted to explore.
0: Perfect. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Let's talk a little bit about the different phases of love. There's actually four phases. Mm-hmm. The
1: first one is attraction, which has nothing to do with love. And that was a mistake I would make. I'd see him from across the room. I get those butterflies. I'd run over. I'm like, this is the guy, mm-hmm. you know, and that th- that's meant to be short term. Okay. And it, only, it only lasts you know, it's ephemeral, very short-term. And, and so are those relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what it does is nature's getting you close together to get to to know that person. The second phase is building up, is the dating phase. That's where you're building up the neurotransmitters to fall in love. That was the one we talked about, the oxytocin in the, in the testosterone, vasopressin testosterone. Mm-hmm. The third phase is actually falling in love. That's the interesting phase. That's the part I call... Um, being, you know, insanity, the insane, um, and we see all kinds of crazy things going on in your brain with neurotransmitters are going down or some are going up, parts of your brain are shutting down, your prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of your brain goes offline. So you don't want to fall in love in the middle of, you know, finals. (laughs) (laughs) And then that lasts for about two years. And then after two years, we have we make a choice. We make a choice to start to be loving mm-hmm. and we see it totally different in the brain. It comes out of the primitive part of the brain and then it goes to the prefrontal cortex, the thinking part of the brain. So it's really about choices. It shares neurotransmitters with uh, brotherly love, mor- morals, ethics, um, kindness. All those are up there and in and, We also see some activity in the back of the brain where Mm -hmm. it's your your opioid receptors. So it's a more nurturing, calming love than Mm -hmm. the one we see when you fall in love, we see the uh, cocaine receptors going off. So Mm -hmm. it's like crazy, crazy kind of love. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So it's totally different And people. So when people say love, I'm in love, it's like, well, what part of you love are you in?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Is it possible to be in love with, two people at the same time
1: well yes i mean you can be in in long-term love that's the last phase in Mm -hmm. long-term love you can be in love with lots of people because Mm -hmm. you're you're making a decision to be loving so you can love Mm -hmm. your brother your mother your kids your husband you can love everybody but to fall in love it's one person
0: let's talk a little bit about homosexual relationships okay how does that differ from what we've talked about before
1: Okay, so that's a little bit interesting. So we know when a heterosexual male falls in love, we see a drop in the testosterone. When testosterone drops, oxytocin actually raises, has the ability to help him bond. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is that he becomes um, actually kind of protective, like the oxytocin becomes protective. So if he gets near a a pretty woman, he'll actually back off. Subconsciously, he'll back off from a prettier woman because he's protecting his relationship. Okay. the interesting thing is we don't see that same drop in homosexual men. Okay. So that that type of, we don't see that type of uh, commitment. So what what is that, does it make it any difference? We don't know because there hasn't been enough research really on those relationships. We know that for a female, now that she's taken the risk and fallen in love, she's more likely to get pregnant. So she's gonna need a male to be around her okay for a while to help take care of her and and of course falling in love is for two years so that that would be pregnancy and one year of life for the child so mother nature's got this i mean she's good right so once after the first year of birth the child's more likely to live so you know that then they fall out the the uh the falling in love part goes into long-term love hopefully Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nature's doing that for a reason but we don't we don't really understand the the um heterosexual or the homosexual aspects of it, because it's not, it's a little bit different biologically. So that's for men and for women. So for women, we don't, we don't have the same type of um, biological effects. So I wonder, I, I don't, I haven't seen much research And the, so the problem is in order for you to do research,
0: mm-hmm. you have to
1: have a group, a large group of people Mm-hmm. So we can usually find a large group of people, heterosexuals that fell in love and we can measure their brain activity, but it's harder to find a large group of uh, homosexual women or men that have fallen in love at the exact same time that we can measure their brain activity because they're a much smaller subset of the population, mm-hmm. but they are starting to do some more
0: research on it. We j- I just don't know it yet, or I don't okay. know, I have details of it yet. Okay. Well, that'll be interesting to hear about in the future, for sure. Um, okay, this has been so interesting. Uh, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you think would be interesting for people to hear? Well, one of the things that is kind of
1: wild in in uh, would where people really want to be careful when they about falling in love and sleeping with people too quickly
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that when you fall in love, and like I said, if the oxytocin rises up, a woman can fall in love. When she does that, her serotonin level, which is the hormone of happiness, you would think would go up, it actually drops. And it can drop to a level of like uh, depression and OCD, and uh, it drops to OCD and that's why you're so compulsive to be around that other person. But the problem is if if the relationship doesn't work at that point, now you've basically created a, a situation where you are in depression. So that's why it's it can be even more painful than a normal breakup.
0: Ah, huh. okay. And the way to prevent that from happening is not to have the sexual relationship. Really. <laughs> there you go. It all circles <laughs> back to the same exact thing. Okay. Yeah. Actually, there was something else I thought about. Um, I remember you talking about when we first met. Is um, and it's in the book. Men are very visual. Mm -hmm. And they can fall in love by photos. Mm -hmm. Yes. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, so women have a, we use all of our senses when we are attraction and Mm -hmm. men have 25% more neurotransmitters in the visual cortex. So they're placing much more emphasis on visual. Mm -hmm. So it's not saying he's not looking at anything else, but he just has more on visual. So that's really what's going to attract him. And it's also one of the reasons why strip clubs work for men because they're looking, you know, and they can't, they're not really supposed to be touching. So like they're they are now they're like connected. They're like, Oh, this is great. I can, you know, I'm, I'm attracted. I can't touch. And so his vasopressin is skyrocketing and, and all, he just keeps going and sending money, sending money, giving money, giving
0: money. <laughs> uh, very interesting. Um, And maybe that's why men often post photos of themselves, like, you know, wearing a bathing suit online, dating. They think that that's what women want to see. But in actuality, women aren't interested in seeing that. It's like a little jarring for a woman to see a half-naked man. Exactly. Exactly. And my clients are like, no, thank you.
1: Well, woman has totally different criteria. Yes. So the man is looking, you know, for the visual stimulation. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, I'd like to see her in a bathing suit. Well, how about uh, this is what I like to see, I'll do it. And yep. The woman on the other hand, she actually, it's harder for her to fall in love online or through visually because mm-hmm. she goes with the rest of her senses, her nose, her ears, even her sense of touch all come into play. Mm-hmm. So she's like registering for major histocompatibility complex through her nose, which is part of your immune system. Mm-hmm. She's more, com- she's actually more uh, interested in somebody of the opposite immune system. So that's why it kind of makes sense where the um, the the tall, dark stranger, somebody from a completely different, um, we're most likely to be more attracted to somebody from a completely different genome genetically. But we also like familiar too. So um, if there is a Uh, familiarity like oh yeah you're from you know your your family's from Connecticut mine too then Mm -hmm. then there's there's that connection
0: yeah this is fascinating we we're gonna have to do a part two on this this is so so interesting
1: well we can Um, do a section just on attraction just you know each Uh, section has, can go on for details.
0: A hundred percent. This is great. This is a great start. If anybody wants to, um, read more, definitely pick up her book. I'll put everything in the, in the, in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for your time. This is really fascinating and appreciate it so much.
1: This is wonderful. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. I hope you join us on our next episode. You can make sure to know when it is by following us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, if you enjoyed it, it'd be great if you left us a review. I'd appreciate it. In the meantime, to learn more about me and how my team can help you, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. Until next time.